Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The After Show with Mackenzie Stewart and Amy Shannon. We have over 15 years of literary experience between us. Our mission is to educate and assist authors of all writing levels. You know, today, one of the things we would definitely like to talk about is how to prepare before you start writing. And that's going to be very important uh, to know how you're actually going to get started. You know, one of the things that you should definitely do is uh, set aside some time to get started um, in in any type of uh, you know, situation. Um, so spend some time just getting yourself acclimated for when you will start to write and really transition into your actual writing. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm fine. Sorry, a little technical difficulty here, but I'm in. <laughs> no worries. I was just talking about setting that time to write. Uh, the writing process is definitely important um, to actually go ahead and start writing. And so we do have an, an author here today that can definitely share um, everything that uh, they've learned about writing and also their upcoming book. Hello. 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 Hey, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you doing? Hey, I am doing really great. So, um, you know, one of the things that I, I started the show was talking about being able to set aside some time to write. So, I, you know, you've published a book, so let's just jump right into it. Let's uh, introduce yourself to the audience and tell the audience just a little bit about you today. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, so Simon Turner is my name. My pen name is S.S. Turner because we discovered there's a Simon Turner, I think in Denmark, writing books about large animal veterinary surgery. <laughs> we didn't want to confuse oh. my readers uh, <laughs> at, at, at an otherwise pretty sensitive moment. Um, so, yes, I published my first novel, Secrets of a River Swimmer, start of last year, 2022. And Congratulations. Prior to that, thank you. Prior to that, I've been writing all my life. So it's been a, been a long journey to get into that first novel. And it's been amazing. It's been a very, very positive journey since then. I've you know, been very, very lucky with critics and readers. And, and I'm getting prepared for my second novel, to be launched in about a month's time called The Connection Game. That is so exciting. Um, you know, as we start to think about uh, writing and, you know, you're working on your, uh, your published, uh, publishing your second novel, um, how, do you, how do you make sure you set aside time to actually start to, to do the writing? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good question. Because it is time. I, I, I do think becoming a, a better writer and a great writer depends on investing the time. Yeah, I think some people have got the natural ingredients, but nobody starts knowing everything about writing. I don't think anyone ever gets that. So, yeah, for me, 
for, for me, the time, I, I try to fit it in quite early in my day. I sort of, sort of make it a habit of getting up quite early and fighting for a couple of hours every day. And mm-hmm. at first, that can seem quite daunting, I think, two hours, three hours riding a day. But the more you do it, it's like going to the gym, it's like working out a muscle at the gym. You, you get more and more used to that. And, yeah, the more you do it, the more two or three hours actually feel very doable and you can, you can actually build on that. So I think it's, a, it's such a, a good idea to get into that, into that habit if you want to become a, a better rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely having a routine uh, is helpful um, because, you know, you are, I, I find that having that routine, having that routine helps um, because it, it almost, you know, it, this is my thoughts, it trains your mind that at a certain time you're going to be working on your book. And I'm able to concentrate better because I know I have that time set aside. And I just start going into my, I'm going to phase, I'm going to block out all of this other noise, meaning, you know, walking the dog and doing all the other stuff. And I'm going to set, and I've set aside this time to work on my book. I find that I am ready to go and able to start writing a lot quicker than I'm just kind of, yeah, maybe this, this is a good time. I have, you know, 30 minutes. Maybe I should just start to write, you know, um, versus having a very designated time. Yeah, that's that's so true, actually. I think particularly when you've got, yeah, kids and dogs and cats around, like there's so many distractions in the world, you know, at large, that you, having that space and time is the game changer. It just gives you the, yeah, everything you need to get going with the writing. So I think it's a, it's a great idea what you do. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the connection game. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. So the connection game is the story of a family called the Basilworths. The family of four. So the, the husband and father is called Benny. Benny Basilworth. He's uh, he he's a bona fide genius. So he's he can solve any puzzle or mystery. He's got a, a remarkably analytical brain. And he's married to a lady called Belinda, um, and she's a, a very successful baker. And they've got two teenage children, Will and Wendy. And the, the novel starts with things going very well for the Basilworths. So Benny Basilworth is a, a, a very successful computer programmer, and he starts to earn more money because he's so... Uh, intelligent because he's a genius and he actually decides to go on his favorite game show um, called the connection game which is billed as the world's hardest game show Um, and it's about connecting uh, seemingly unrelated facts and numbers and concepts to link them and make sense of them and that is is exactly up Benny Street because he's got this incredible analytical mind so he actually goes on this game show, wins the entire game show in, in, in the most remarkable of ways. And they're riding high. Uh, things look great for the Basilworths. Uh, however, <laughs> uh, they discover themselves uh, just after that, that to be the victims of a sophisticated online fraud. And all of their, all of their money is taken. And it's like a chain reaction of bad news from that point on. And that it, it leads to them being declared bankrupt from this, you know, from this remarkable place that they started. And 
they have to move into welfare housing as a result because they can't afford anything else. And the only welfare housing available at that point is a basement flat on a street and on a very sort of dingy street in, in London. And they moved to this little basement flat that the only daylight coming into the flat is through a tiny, tiny window about six inches high. Uh, but worse than that, the only view they've got is of the passing feet on the street above. So the Baselworths are in a bit of trouble. They get into this dark, dingy flat and they're trying to get on with their lives when Benny stands on tippy toes one day and starts staring at the passing feet on the street above. And at first he's hypnotised by the feet, which, which may sound a bit strange. <laughs> but then the longer he watches the feet, the more he becomes fascinated by the patterns behind the feet. And then his analytical mind starts finding patterns that concern him about what's happening outside their window. And he gets it into his head that, that there are dangers, very serious dangers lurking outside their window. So that's the concept. And from that point on, the journey for Benny to try and figure out what on earth is happening outside their window. And it's his family's journey to figure out whether Benny's sandwich short of a picnic <laughs> or whether he's right and that there are dangers working outside their window. And it's, um, it's the, so the novel is appealing to people who enjoy psychological thrillers, you know, books that delve into the human mind and the human condition. It's, um, it's been described as uh, profound, suspenseful, Hitchcockian and, and funny. That's, that's the, the main feedback I'm getting. So, yeah, well, that's, I look forward. I look forward. I like. I look forward to reading it, and my review will be posted on the day that it's released. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, when you're, let me ask you. So, the first question, um, as far as your background, is your background in psychology, psychology. Um, uh, you know, any type of law enforcement industry. Um, so that's the first question. And the second part is, do you find it difficult to create your twists and turns and to keep up with it? Um, and to really be able to pace for it, because you have to, you can't have too many twists and turns at one time. So you gotta have, to, you have to kind of pace it. Um, do you find that you're, you have a difficult, when I say difficult time, you know, when you're doing your edits, you kind of notice like, okay, yeah, this doesn't work here. Let me kind of push this back. Um, but do you find like it's kind of difficult to kind of really gauge when you should put in um, that particular uh, plot twist? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, yeah, for your first question, my, my background, I actually I studied English at university and before that had always got the feedback that I was a natural writer. Hmm. Uh, but no, I, I, I then um, had a string of um, different jobs in my career. So I, I actually, would you believe, started out as a ski instructor and um, did that for a while and then fell into the investment world for a big portion of my career. And that led me to traveling the world 
uh, for, for for big parts of my yeah my my working time. So I've, I come from a background of, I guess, meeting lots of people, traveling a lot, and opening my mind a lot. I've also always had coaching, so I've been quite focused on psychology throughout my life and learning about people and what's really going on with them. So I feel that all came together in the connection game in a beautiful way because the book is about a lot of those things um, at different levels. And it is, it is about psychology. So I feel like yeah, having gone through that journey myself of getting to know myself better and understanding others better was, was core to, I guess, the research process in behind the connection game. And to your second question, in terms of twists and turns, yes, that's a good question. I think um, when I started writing The Connection Game, for example, I had a, I wrote out a plan for my publisher, the story partner, so they had a, you know, so I could give any feedback and we all knew where the book was going. Mm-hmm. And I, I then started writing the book. So I actually, you know, had sort of planned where the twists and turns would come. And I started writing the book, and after about 20 pages, the plan went out the window. <laughs> and I was like, this, this story is becoming, uh, it, it sort of felt like it was alive. And I, I, I had to let it be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I listened to the story rather than the plan, which was probably at that. the core of how and turns evolved. So I... When I was writing it, I was, you know, I wasn't always thinking there's a twist or turn coming, but then at at the key moments, it just it just sort of organically happened. So it was more of a pantser move than a plotter move in my case, and it it just worked really well with the book. And then when I got to the end, and I was trying, I was getting to the sort of it's quite a surprising conclusion to the book. That just was there. That was like deep inside me it was it was ready and I think because I'd allowed the book to organically go where it needed to go the surprising ending was just it was ready so I think by being a panther with a bit of a plot um, behind me it worked really well in this case I, I allowed the twists and turns to introduce themselves that's great that a lot of people don't understand how that happens but I completely understand how it happens. You just kind of let the story yeah. take off <laughs> and see what happens. Exactly. <laughs> you know, what? so I, I really love what you said. Um, you listen to the story, and that's, that's what a true pr- uh, prancer says, right? <laughs> you know, um, listen to the story. You let the story take you wherever it's going to take you. Um, I have... Um, I find that it's it's very refreshing to me, but sometimes frustrating. Um, but then when I say frustrating, I, I'm not I'm not somebody who can outline because it it makes me very frustrated that I can't a stick to it, and my storytelling slows when I'm trying to stick to an outline. So I think that. You know, for those people that's listening to the podcast, it would be um, stay true to stay true to your authentic self. And if outlining doesn't work, then don't force it. Um, and I I too feel like you know the 
um, as you're telling the story, one thing leads to the next that leads to the next. And, and it almost seems like, you know, um, which it is, it's a natural flow of the actual story. The story comes out in a very authentic, natural way. Exactly. I've read a lot of books, and you can tell, um, well, at least I can tell when the story feels like it was forced. You know, like somebody's like, okay, was strict to whatever plan they had when they they wrote it. Um, when when a prancer or you know someone just lets the story just just flow and come out and and be true to uh, the writer and the characters. Um, and they have that passion. I can feel that as I, I'm reading. So, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can do that when they read something. You know, they can um, just kind of feel it, you know. It's like kind of putting a romance novel together and you just make these two people fall in love. And, you know, it just doesn't, um, you can feel like, if there was really a connection between them or or the writer's just like, okay, these two have to just fall in love, you know, something like that. So um, free-flowing story, and um, I think those are the ones that come out the best. Yeah, I agree. Whenever I've written in flow, exactly as you said, I'm convinced my writing is infinitely better than when I sit there and just follow a plan. Like you've, you've got real heart behind it when you're writing in the flow. Uh, yeah, I think it's better, better outcome. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, so, in your, as you're planning your level of escalation, right? Because you know, something really great happens. <laughs> they win a, a, a show. Then, then something horrible happens. And that would seem like that would be the end of it, right? But, but more things happen to to this family, and you're on the road. And so when when you know when your beta readers are reading it, when your when your when your editor, your um, agent. Um, when others uh, that they've given you feedback, what 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 are their thoughts about the level of escalation that you're taking them on when you're when you, when you um, you know after you completed the book? Were they on edge the yeah. whole time? Because it seems like it's like oh yeah something great happened yeah good for them oh man right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, so the feedback I've had from my advanced readers to date and the reviewer, there's been one critic's review thus far, is that they had to read the book very, very fast. So most people read it within mm. one or two days for that reason. Because they said the suspense was unusually high in the book. And, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the level of escalation does keep... <laughs> it keeps trending upwards and accelerating as the novel progresses. And I, I intentionally wanted that because that's the type of story this is and the themes that the book deals with need that. They need real engagement from the reader. They need the reader to be desperate to read the next chapter and get to the end. 
So, but you're right. It, it, it is. It probably it wouldn't be as relaxing a read as my first novel, Secrets of a River Swimmer, because it is. It's a tense book where readers are, yeah, really need to get to the end to find out what's going on. But when you were writing it, um, and I found this with myself, like when, um, you know, there's intensity and suspense that's, you know, that you're building, I found that I I wrote faster. Like I had to get it on paper, you know. It was like even if, if if you're reading it, you could feel the intensity, but as you're writing it, you could also feel the intensity of the story as it was coming out. Yeah, exactly. That is so true. <laughs> I, when I wrote The Connection Game, I felt like I was in the flat with the family. And it's like a pre- it becomes like a pressure cooker of suspense. And I, was, yeah. I remember writing it and not sort of writing it till midnight some nights, not being able to stop. Because I felt like I had to, A, get it onto the paper, but B, find out what on earth is going on myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, you know, because, so I tend to think that um, my book is going to go in one direction and it takes on, as we were mentioning before, it takes on a mind of its own. Um, yep. It becomes... Um, you know, so the so one of the books, so the book that I'm working on right now is really funny. I know, I know what I want to happen to so some of the main things to happen at this um, at this university, but now it's building upon other things that's happening, and it's going to really be one of those. Um, it's going to be very similar to to how you're writing, um, you know, this particular uh, work that you that you've published. It is, um, it, it's going to be, people are going to be on higher alert the whole time um, in, in looking at this because there's so many things that's going on at this college, at this university, that they are um, really, are, you know, I, I really do like for it to be relaxing, like a relaxing read, but it's going to be, let me, let, me re- let me read the entire book in one day <laughs> type of read. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie, what genre is the book? So, so it is a thriller. So, um, I tend to write thrillers. Um, it's just, and, and you know what? I don't know. Like, I don't even know where that even came from. Um, I'm not a writer by trade. I I stumbled upon that I had this this gift, this knack for telling a story, and. Um, and so, you know, I've I've gotten some requests, and I really do need to to stay. I need to stay true to myself. Let me put that out there. But also, I do need to write the third book in my Emily Graham series, and um, I've started. And so, it was going to really end up um, being one. So, it's, it's going to be a huge issue. And I always write my books around around issues, and this is going to be centered around human trafficking. Um, but there's going to be a whole lot more that's that's happening and going on in the book that we're going to try to um, save some people. Um, I'm going to take them on that roller coaster because they're going to fall in love with some people and then they're going to be missing. And so we got to figure out what's happening to them, right? 
um, and then um, and then kind of sprinkle in my my characters from my previous from the previous books, um, Brendan, to get him to do his shenanigans. And so everybody's laughing about what he has going on. So it's going to be you know very similar to to your style your style of writing as well. Um, let me get really? you to it, do you have? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Up to you. Sorry. Oh, do you have an excerpt that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I've got an excerpt. Yeah, yeah. So we want to definitely want to get a get a good feeling for your for your writing style. Okay, brilliant. Shall I read it now? Yeah, yes, please. Yeah, sounds great. So this is an excerpt from a scene in chapter nine of the Connection Game when the wife and mother in the family, Belinda Basilworth, con- confronts her husband Benny about why he's become obsessed with watching passing feet on the street above. <laughs> An unusual conversation, to say the least. And I, I, I want to read this scene because it shows how this couple, the Basilworths, handle the entrance of this strange world of the passing feet into their relationship and also into this um, dark basement flat, which is the setting for the novel. So the narrator is Belinda Basilworth, um, the, the wife and mother. From that moment on, Benny stared out that window like a zombie all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean all the time. Every minute of the day and most of the night. There was just something about watching those feet walking past on the street that fascinated him. The rest of us initially welcomed the distraction as it calmed him down and it gave him something to focus on, apart from releasing his ever-growing anger. But quickly it became an obsession. Then he placed the chair under the window that he would stand on so he could look directly at the passing feet. Even from his higher vantage point, there couldn't be much to see apart from the shoes and socks on the passers-by. So the mystery of what was so bloody interesting continued to grow. The more Benny stared out the window, the harder it became for the rest of us to communicate with him. It had become the elephant in the room. So eventually, after being ignored one time too many, I decided it was high time the elephant was introduced. What's so interesting about the passing feet, honey? I asked while holding my breath. Benny kept staring out the window for a few minutes without responding. So I thought I had zero chance of getting a sensible answer out of him. But I was wrong, as I was on so many things. At first, it was therapeutic to watch the rhythm of the passing feet, then began with a more rational tone than I'd heard in a long while. You see, walking is a perfectly cyclical motion based upon generating forward momentum and energy which was previously flowing in multiple directions. It's a beautiful movement when you understand how complex it is beneath the surface at a level we humans can't or won't see. Maybe I was tired, maybe I just had enough. But this explanation, calmly delivered as it had been, annoyed me. Here we were, languishing as a family in a depths of despair, and my husband had decided to focus on the beauty of the effing walking motion. Really? Is that why it's so important for you to stand on that chair like a mute zombie, day in, day out? Honey, honey, Benny said, as he stood down from the chair. There's more to it than you think. He almost seemed to have returned to being a semi-normal version of Benny for a brief moment. But I decided to shut up and let him talk. Go on, I said. Okay, he continued. Well, I started noticing things about the passing feet. At first, it was the type of shoes. Then it was the walking style and what it implied about the person. 
after a while, I started to get to know each of each pair of feet based on the facts presented to me from the window. You'd be surprised how much I've learned about the people out there. Shocked even. I can confirm I am indeed shocked, I responded. And then when I allowed myself to see the bigger picture, I started noticing patterns behind the foot movements. Then he continued, oblivious to my talk. Juicy, predictable patterns. That army out there needs better training, as any formidable enemy would fight, be able to find them by watching their feet movements alone. But then again, formidable enemies are hard to come by in a world that's so dumbed down. Army? I asked, with panic rising within me. We can talk about that another day, Benny responded. But for now, I'm just asking you to believe me when I tell you I'm doing important work here. It may not look like it to you, but one day you'll understand. In the meantime, please trust me. Trust you that this is important work. You mean watching passing sodding feet on the street? I asked with incredulity. Quick, let's call the UN and tell them we're working on the next big thing, foot watching. I'm sure they'll send out help right away, knowing full well that passing feet are one of the world's greatest risks right now. Okay, so maybe my sarcasm went too far. Listen, Bell, I'm sorry for how I've been behaving of late, then you responded with less anger than I'd expected. I know I've been difficult to live with, but this is different. Different how I ask. Different real, then he answered without a second thought. That's the reading. Thank you so much for reading an excerpt in the um, in the new in your book, The Connection Game. Um, this is Thank this you. has been you're you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Um, Again, thank you for being our guest. Uh, the listeners can find your information on our website called Our Guest. Thank you for listening to the after show. I'm Mackenzie Stewart. And I'm Amy Shannon. Anything that you need to know about us on our website, we the slash home. Join us again next week. Have a nice night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.